Hi, this is Brian Johnson, publisher of MassDevice.com, and you're joined us on Device Talks. I'm here today with Shay Mandel, the president and CEO of Life Science Alley. Life Science Alley is the premier industry council for the Minnesota MedTech and Life Sciences community. Shay, um, you've been in this position for a couple of years now. Tell us about how you came to find yourself uh, in the Twin Cities dealing with the MedTech industry. Well, thanks for having me on, Brian. We really appreciate working with you as always. Um, so, yeah, I took over as the CEO here at Life Science Alley uh, at the beginning of May in 2014. Actually, joined the organization a couple of years before that, and part of my arrival here included a lot of federal policy issues, the slate of FDA reform packages that were on the table in 10, 11, and 12. And so our organization, uh, to support our members, wanted to really bulk up our activity and participating in everything from the user fees reauthorization to the packages that were looking at FDA performance. And so you know, I'm an attorney by training uh, with a background in federal public policy and technology commercialization, so joined the organization to build up that practice area for us, and then was fortunate enough to be able to uh, move into the CEO role a year ago. And, um, you know, I think so far we've been making a lot of organizational changes, and just like our companies that are working in a global environment, a constantly changing regulatory and therapeutic environment, uh, we as an organization continue to evolve to best serve not just our members here in Minnesota, but also the industry as a whole. So you weren't in the medical device industry or the life sciences industry prior to this? No, not specifically. Um, before I was here, I was actually running the FedEx Institute of Technology in Memphis, which was a academic and industry collaboration. Uh, some of the projects we were working on uh, were more, I'll say, orthopedic uh, than the implantable devices we have here in Minnesota. So we worked a lot with Smith & Nephew, Medtronic Spinal and Biologics in Memphis, Wright Medical. So had some decent experience around the orthopedic side of medical devices. And then I've ran a couple different organizations, uh, including the Illinois Coalition for Science and Technology in Chicago that was pretty broad-based, touched the life sciences, but also included high-tech and advanced manufacturing companies like Boeing and Motorola. Uh, and in each of those cases, a lot of public policy, uh, a lot of technology commercialization, um, and different regulatory environments. So that's sort of the broad base of uh, background and skills that you know I think help prepare me to uh, play the role that I do in this community. When did you first become aware of what was going on up in Minnesota in terms of how it became this that it was this hub of medical technology innovation? And were you surprised? I mean, I was a little bit surprised when I first heard like, why Minnesota? Well, uh, you know, for a native Midwesterner uh, who, you know, grew up outside of Chicago, um, you know, probably had a much stronger connection to what's been going on here in the Twin Cities now for, you know, the better part of almost a couple of centuries. I mean, it's been 150 years since Mayo Clinic was first created and, you know, Medtronic uh, was founded in 1949. So actually I've had family connections 
uh, for going back, you know, 20, 25 years to uh, Medtronic and a few other uh, companies up here. So, you know, my brother's a United Health Group uh, uh, employee uh, and has lived up here for a long time. So, you know, I had a base of knowledge that, you know, I think the rest of the country doesn't inherently have. And, you know, for us uh, today at Life Science Alley, one of our you know, big priorities is to do a better job. So I think what you've learned over time, you know, everybody is well aware of Silicon Valley and what that means. And while perhaps nobody can name all the towns in Silicon Valley, they know the companies and they know the innovation, consumer facing. Um, and here in Medical Alley in Minnesota, um, which has just been memorialized in the Smithsonian, um, you know, we we really have the exact same thing. So I remember the first time I went to Silicon Valley, people would say, oh, you just drive down the street and on each side of every road, there's, you know, all these great companies. And, you know, my route to work every morning to come into my office is exactly the same. You know, med tech companies, biotech companies. And, you know, I think you're well aware uh, the Twin Cities is the most densely concentrated medical technology cluster in the entire world. And we have one of the fastest growing pharma biotech uh, communities in the United States and, you know, one of the top three clusters for diagnostics companies. So, you know, Medical Alley is alive and well. And, you know, I think if there's a surprise in it for me, it is, you know, how we continue to move forward. This community continues to grow. Um, the acquisition market place has been, I think, very good for us. And there are some you know, I think some advantages geographically and economically uh, to Medical Alley relative to, you know, some of our great friends on the coast that have been an attraction point over the last few years, especially since the recession. So we've seen, you know, continued growth in this market, both in terms of jobs, capital investment, uh, acquisition, and expansion of companies. So, Shay, I want to dig into this sort of corollary between Medical Alley, branding at Medical Alley, and, and Silicon Valley, and, and the I guess the interest and engagement level in high tech, the kind of high tech they do in Silicon Valley and the kind of high tech that we do in, in the medical device industry and why uh, clearly there is not the same level of public. I, I don't know if I'd say it's not the same level of public interest. Uh, it just, there doesn't seem to be the same brand awareness of the kind of broad-based, incredible technology evolutions we make in med tech uh, versus what they do in Silicon Valley. In your position, how, how much of your job is to get people to have the same passion and understanding of what we're doing in the medical device world versus, say, what they're doing in sort of the high-tech social network, you know, flying car kind of world? You know, are we ever going to are people ever going to sort of have stars in their eyes about Medical Alley the same way they have it about Silicon Valley? Or is that not even part of your mission? Well, so in terms of raising the profile, um, it's, you know, a number one priority. Um, you know, in terms of the stars in the eyes, um, you know, one thing I'll say is, you know, it's not our goal to be Silicon Valley. And, you know, having been in multiple geographies over the last 20 years and working in this space. You know, I think one of the mistakes that communities that aren't Silicon Valley or, or aren't Boston or Austin or some of the places that, that tend to be front of mind for people thinking about hotspots, the mistake communities make is that they want to be like them. 
one of the things that's amazing about Medical Alley is, you know, we're nothing like Silicon Valley in many ways. And I think that's a good thing. Um, in terms of the stars in the eyes, you know, I think part of what we need to do a better job of, and that's both our organization, but the industry as a whole, is, you know, get the message out more strongly about the impact of what it is that we do. So at the end of the day, all of us have an Apple phone. You know, all of us love Nike and Apple and these big brands, but, you know, music players and apparel are a great part of life, but they're not saving anybody's lives. And, you know, the work that we do, medical technology, biotechnology, pharmaceuticals, diagnostics, healthcare in general, you know, it's 20% of the U.S. economy, and it's the most important thing in everybody's life. We're seeing a huge increase around digital health, and I do think that, you know, the consumer patient as a new term of, you know, really getting more engaged in their own health is going to help a lot of understanding about, you know, where technology comes from, the impact that it has. So, you know, I think part of our mission is to do a much better job of connecting the consumer patient, which, again, I think is an emerging trend to the technologies, the companies, and the work that goes on here. Uh, but as you mentioned, you know, the flying car software, I and mean, one of the things about healthcare, health technology, as you know, this stuff takes time, right? So you and I can set up a garage in Silicon Valley tomorrow, and if we were good programmers, which we're not, you know, you and I could develop an app and you know, we could be out in the public arena in a week. Um, you can't do that when you're developing life-saving therapies. There's tons of research and clinical trials and FDA approval. And so, you know, in some ways, it's a slow plotting sort of innovation from the outside perspective, even though while you're inside, there are dramatic things happening. And so when you look at Medical Alley, for example, you do go back and you look at this 150-year timeline that really helps explain why we have such great technology here, why we have great physicians here from, you know, Medtronic's founding to the first open heart surgery to the first wearable pacemaker to the invention of heart valves to the first pancreas transplant to the first FDA-approved hip replacement at Mayo, cardiac pacemaker, St. Jude, Medtronic. I mean, the history that has really driven therapy around medical devices has all come out of the Medical Alley area here in Minnesota and continues to do so. So, yeah, you know, we're going to make a big push over the next few years to you know, really just help educate and inform the more, again, this consumer patient general public uh, you know, on where they're getting their life-saving therapies from, and by and large, it, it has been here. And, and what do you, how would you, what would you call your inherent competitive advantages as a region? I mean, clearly, there's the Mayo Clinic, and then you have the strong footprint of successful companies. Uh, but but what else? I mean, or is that all it really takes? Is it? I mean, you know, everybody's trying to replicate these things, and they figure we can build. Uh, you know, throw tax breaks or we can build incubators. But, I mean, really, uh, you know, you guys have some inherent advantages. What, 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 have, you, what have you seen as, as your inherent advantage? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it starts with, you know, a, a, a depth of knowledge and a passing on of knowledge and experience 
that you can't replicate, right? So you can, and, you know, we advocate for Minnesota to be, you know, a, a more business-friendly state and really more focused on what we're doing in healthcare. And so, you know, you're always, you know, dealing with those issues in any environment, but you can't buy history and you can't buy experience and knowledge. And so, you know, while we have this tremendously long history, uh, as you know, the medical device world in particular is still fairly young. So, you know, the FDA didn't recognize and regulate medical devices until 1976. You know, Medtronic was founded in 1949. So, you know, this is still you know, somewhat of a young industry. And so the advantage for us is that people like Earl Bakken, for example, who founded Medtronic, Earl's still alive. He's still involved. Um, you know, the founders of SciMed and Guidant and, you know, cardiac pacemakers. I mean, those folks are still here in the community. They're investors or they're starting new companies. They're mentoring the next generation. And, you know, I think something, you know, when people think about Silicon Valley, uh, again, you know, lots of really innovative ideas and the technology transfers quickly, but being able to take that kind of innovation and translate it into the healthcare arena, into therapies is again, you know, it's a specific expertise with, you know, tremendous complexity. And I know you, you've seen, we put out, we've started putting out alley insights and information and, um, you know, the predominant number of PMA approvals in the history uh, of this country have come from Minnesota. And, you know, that's a testament to the experience and the longevity and, and the clinical expertise that exists here. In addition, you know, companies that go through both the PMA, the 510K process, um, companies from Minnesota uh, have a shorter runway. They get things approved more quickly than they do from Boston or from California or from Texas. And again, that's the expertise, the experience, the knowledge of really the founders of this industry continuing to be involved, pass along that knowledge. And, you know, we've got an ecosystem here that really, you know, is from, you know, A to Z. And I think it's that unique nature of this community, the experience, the complete supply chain, the complete ecosystem that distinguishes Medical Alley from other places. So let's dig uh, this mentor system. I mean, in, in Boston, we hear all the time that um, one of the things that's different from Boston to Silicon Valley is is the that the people, startup CEOs, feel like they're kind of out there on their own, that there's not enough people who have done it before that are kind of reaching out, helping them understand the terrain. You know, I don't know how true that is in terms of a valid critique, but... I mean, how do you find that environment in, in, in the Twin Cities and in greater Minnesota? Well, certainly in the healthcare space, um, you know, I think that's one of our inherent advantages. So, I mean, no surprise, um, you know, whether you're in Silicon Valley, you're in Boston, you're in the Twin Cities, you're in Austin. I mean, places that, you know, are renowned for innovation. I think one of the things that you see, this is probably something that you guys experience in Boston as well, is, you know, when a place is, is hot or well-known for technology and innovation, then, you know, you have entrepreneurs of every ilk and, you know, across various technologies wanting to be there. And, you know, each of those places does have some distinct areas of expertise. So, 
you know, um, we we are seeing a growing field of entrepreneurs in, I'll say, adjacencies, software applications. Uh, but the ones that are really successful here are those attached in some way to health and wellness, health care, medical technology. That is really kind of the foundational expertise. And so at least here, um, you know, if you're playing in that space, um, mentorship, willingness to work with people is very robust. And, you know, obviously here at Life Science Alley, we do a ton of connecting with people. Um, you know, we haven't had to set up, you know, really specific formal and get commitments from people um, to be engaged because people here have been so willing and generous with their time to help others and sometimes invest in them, send them to investors that might be interested, connect them, you know, with, with people that have done it before. And and the nice thing here, we, we've got, I would say now, multiple generations of people who uh, have developed companies, had exits, been part of acquisitions, started new companies, continue to move companies forward. So sort of the breadth and depth of people in this community who've been, you know, um, serial entrepreneurs, serial investors have taken, you know, multiple products through the FDA process exists. And those people uh, continue to work with the next generation. So, you know, we see entrepreneurs of every age, uh, and we see them working in a lot of different areas. And, you know, I think the mentorship piece is very strong here. And I, I, I think entrepreneurs, if they're, again, if they're in the healthcare space, if they're in med tech, if they're in digital health, um, don't feel like they're on their own. I guess that goes back to you can't sort of fake the history, right? I mean, that's... Right. I mean, because it, it, if you look at the top three markets for medical device innovation, Boston, Minnesota, California... Um, you have at least two of the most expensive places to probably live and set up a business contained in there. I, I mean, I think Minnesota's measurably a little less expensive, uh, but it seems like success in entrepreneurship breeds more success rather than outside environmental factors such as cost of living and that sort of thing. Otherwise, you know, uh, you'd have, you know, innovation hubs springing up out of, you know, sort of, uh, the 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 sort of less uh, developed cities. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's all about. I mean, at the end of the day, being able to tap into expertise, but also be able to fill that emerging pipeline with talent, and you know, the a lot of startup companies that are going to be acquired by you know midsize and larger companies. I mean, that recipe is critical, and so. Yeah, I mean, you can build buildings anywhere you want, and you can create tax breaks. Um, you know, they're, they're despite the you know costs of you know the east and west coast, and you know here in the Twin Cities, I mean, we're, this is an incredibly affordable place to live relative to you know the coast. Um, but you know, it's still a big city, um, and, and and you know you're not in rural areas, but um, having that ecosystem is critical. And, you know, those places have a long history. And part of the reason they're probably so expensive is because people have been successful. And people want the things that, um, you know, come with a great life in those areas. So, you know, here in the Twin Cities, we're, 
you know, one of the top cultural destinations, you know, major sports teams, restaurants, um, you know, just like Boston, just like San Francisco. And that's an important component as well, as you know. I mean, if you're going to have, you know, creative people that are innovating and building businesses, having a great life for them uh, is equally as important. And I think that's one of the things in the Twin Cities also that um, we have and that, you know, as you visited, I'm sure you were a little surprised to see, um, you know, what a great place we have here. So, again, I mean, our problem is always been, and I think this is an inherent Midwestern problem, you know, uh, put your head down, do your work. Um, improve people's lives. And we haven't done a great job of, you know, self-promotion. So, you know, from my perspective, that is, you know, a, a key activity for the next couple of years is to help self-promote what we're doing here. Right. I mean, you have, it's sort of like getting thrown the keys to a really nice car, you know, but it's maybe it's a little bit of an older model car. I don't know. Is your job, hey, Shay, don't crash this nice car or, hey, let's make this nicer? <laughs> or yeah, let's get a new car. I mean, what, how would you crystallize or define the challenge that you have? I mean, you have a, an amazing community. You have a great base of members. What, what's your challenge in terms of people coming up to you and saying, hey, what, what does Life Science Alley do and how is it going to stay relevant? Yeah, no, and and we're going through that right now. I think, you know, what we're looking to do actually with Life Science Alley is, is I'll say, reinvent the role of an industry association. So industry associations have been around for a very long time. And, you know, inherently they all, regardless of industry, regardless of geography, tend to do many of the same things. You know, we're all engaged in public policy lobbying and we're all engaged in, you know, training and networking and some of those activities. Um, You know, we've spent the last year really sitting down with our members and, you know, looking at ways in which we can be more relevant to what they do on a day-to-day basis. And so, you know, we've launched in the last year our research and intelligence function. It provides us lots of opportunities to to work with you, to work with other media outlets, to put out information that can be actionable, that helps to tell the story for the industry, not just, you know, what's happening here in the Twin Cities. Um, we're doing a lot more in terms of kind of thought leadership, what's on the horizon, getting significantly engaged with the digital health, health and wellness community, doing a lot more roundtables and, and looking at innovation agendas and things like that. So, you know, as we look at our future, what I hear from our members, and again, you know, this is sitting down with Mayo and St. Jude and Medtronic and Boston Scientific and 3M. Um, you know, those are our, our biggest members, but Colaplast and Upshur Smith and, and a host of really great companies. And, you know, what they're really interested in is the promotional piece. Um, you know, they want to be connected to Medical Alley. They want the world to have a better understanding of this as a focal place for healthcare expertise. And so, you know, while we're revamping our you know, direct services to our member companies to increase the value proposition. We're also looking to much more aggressively, you know, promote Medical Alley as a region, do it on the coasts and around the world, and help to kind of, you know, raise that level toward that Silicon Valley brand. Uh, Because our companies are proud of it. Um, You know, in, in 1984, when the company was, or when the organization was founded, and it was founded by, you know, Medtronic and CPI and, 
you know, all of these great companies that exist today or exist in other companies like St. Jude Medical, 3M, um, you know, the original business plan called for, you know, every product that got shipped out of here to have a Made in Medical Alley sticker on the side of the box. And so, you know, it's always been an aspiration of this community to, you know, look at its association to help tell the story and promote and, you know, make sure that there's credibility around all the great work that happens here. And so, you know, if you ask the question, what's the biggest challenge, um, you know, I, I that is our number one priority. So in addition to, you know, completely changing our association to really be relevant to the industry as a whole, that promotional piece of, you know, really getting the word out, leveraging the Smithsonian exhibit, um, and demonstrating that, you know, while the history is extraordinary here, the future is also extraordinary here. And I think telling that story effectively is, you know, our, our greatest challenge, um, but we view it as a tremendous opportunity. And in terms of the future, that has to be startups and, and new companies. What, do you, what, can, what can a new company, how does a new or a startup company benefit from what you're doing at Life Science Alley? How do they take advantage of that? And then how can you help that? How do you help that community grow? Yeah. So uh, in a host of of ways, Brian. So, you know, if you're part of the startup community here, I mean, as a really starting basic point, uh, you know, when, when you're pre-revenue here, you know, our model is you're part of the community, let's get you involved. So, you know, we bring startups in, we don't charge them membership dues, we get them plugged into the community and activities so that they immediately have access to mentors and support and access to people. So, you know, we treat a startup with no revenue uh, the way we treat Medtronic. And I think that's been an important part of the role the association has played in the continuation of the health of the ecosystem here. And the big companies want to meet them. You know, they want to see what's happening. You know, they're looking at new technologies. In terms of our future, you know, I think there's a lot happening here um, where we're poised to do something, if if we capitalize on it, that that doesn't exist someplace else. So obviously there's this huge movement around big data, analytics, um, the consumer patient, you know, these direct interfaces, you know, how medical device companies build, you know, consumer-focused services, physician-focused services around products. And so naturally you see companies like Apple and Samsung and so Silicon Valley sort of standing up around this. Um, But it's still healthcare. And so... You know, we feel really confident and we're seeing here that, you know, that deep-rooted healthcare expertise plus the large company supply chains and connectivity that that Boston and Medtronic, St. Jude, 3M, and others have is a great pathway for these early-stage companies to, to really grow. So we see companies like Red Brick Health that's doing health and wellness and getting a ton of money, um, you know, script that's, you know, working with physicians at Harvard Medical School to help, you know, change the patient doctor experience utilizing technology. And so, you know, when I look out at the future, I think some key areas for us, um, you know, regenerative medicine is a big push here. So between Mayo and the Destination Medical Center, the work at the University of Minnesota, you know, there's tremendous clinical research and work happening here. 
um, the combo industry, drug device combos. We're seeing a ton of activity. Um, and with the large headquarters here, and again, the business environment in Minnesota, um, you know, being an advantage relative to the coast, as the acquisition market's big, we're seeing, you know, we're sort of winning those battles. So we're seeing more companies through the acquisition process, you know, moving to Minnesota or as companies here are acquiring, bringing those folks to Minnesota. Um, you know, Covidian had 1,500 people here before the Medtronic acquisition. So, you know, they were one of our largest members, even though they're U.S. headquartered in Boston. Um, Boston Scientific, as you know, actually, we, we have more folks here than in Massachusetts. So, you know, I think we're seeing a lot of the R&D activity coalesce around here. And that will be really important in sort of the frontier of new therapeutics. Right. I mean, you even have um, even have the new St. Jude Medical just uh, just made a big acquisition with uh, yep. Thoratex. I mean, yep. Medtronic is now the second and largest medical device company in the world. These guys are doing pretty yeah. good on that. <laughs> and all of those companies are really active. You know, I was on right. a call with um, you know one a BD person at one of those companies this morning before you and I got on the phone, and um, you know um, you know his comment was you know we need to get together in the next week or so. You're going to start to see uh, a few more big deals. So um, you know we're seeing a lot of activity. Certainly, yeah, there's certainly a ton of activity. So maybe we'll see a whole reshaping here where the Midwest, you know, with all this new sort of power dynamic shift becomes even more sort of prevalent. Tell me, uh, sort of, let's go to nuts and bolts. I wanted, If I want to do business in Minnesota and Medical Alley, what are some of the things I need to know? Like, I mean, I've heard that uh, breakfast meetings are big out there, that kind of thing. Tell me, what what are some of the cultural, uh, you, you know, unique things qualities that people need to know when they do business with Minnesotans? Well, we, we definitely get up early and get going, right? So, you know, there's a, there's a little cafe, the Good Day Cafe, that's, uh, that I can see from my office window, which is, you know, a, a phenomenal place to see healthcare deals done on a regular basis. And, you know, my recommendation is definitely be there by 730, right, or you won't have a table. Um, you know, here in the Twin Cities, it's still, you know, it feels still like a small town in many ways. Um, you know, if you're interested in doing business here, you know, I think a great starting point is call us. Um, you know, one of the things that I think we're very good at here, I think there's an openness, a transparency, and, and a, a thoughtful approach to help. So, um, you know, it's always interesting when people will come in and uh, from outside of Minnesota, whether it's outside of the U.S. or just, you know, from other parts of the country. And, you know, their first question is, okay, you know, I need your help. You know, what can I do for you? How can we cut a deal that makes this work for you? And, and you know, our response is always, look, you know, you, you, know, you win, we win, you know, we'll make these introductions. And um, so, you know, I think what I would tell people coming to the Twin Cities is, um, you know, be prepared to be direct and honest and have something good. Um, you know, people here know what they're doing. There's a lot of experience. And so, you know, one of the things that does not happen here, um, money doesn't get wasted. Um, bad deals don't get funded. Um, so, you know, if you've really got something um, and you show up, you know, we can connect you to the right people. 
Great, great. And um, so you said the Medical Alley exhibit is at the Smithsonian that just opened, right? So that's a Smithsonian in Washington. How long does that exhibit go for? So I believe we've got a five-year exhibit set up there. Uh, that's the okay. current schedule. So at the um, American History Museum at the Smithsonian in Washington, they opened a new exhibit on July 1st called Places of Invention. And so the Smithsonian's recognize six American great places of invention. One of those is Silicon Valley. Uh, one of them's Hollywood. Uh, one of them is the Bronx for the creation of hip hop. And one of them is Minnesota's Medical Alley and the birth of the medical technology industry. Uh, so that opened on July 1st. Um, we are planning for probably late fall, maybe even early winter. Um, we're going to get you know some of the, the people that have been part of that from the University, Medtronic, St. Jude, others, uh, get our congressional delegation, get the governor and a host of folks, and, and do a reception out there to celebrate uh, that recognition. And for us, I think... Um, you know, this is a tremendous opportunity. So the Great Places of Invention recognizes the birth of this industry here. Um, our challenge now, you know, working with the Bakken Museum here uh, and what we're doing with our organization is to continue to ensure that this that Medical Alley continues to be the great place of invention for the next century. So, you know, it's great to be in a history museum and recognized for something you've done. We want to continue to make sure that we're recognized for what we're doing. So let's talk about a couple of other ways that, that folks can engage with the community out there. Um, certainly, uh, you and I will be doing a live event on September 23rd called Device Talks Live Minnesota, where we'll have uh, CEOs from Ohm Cardiovascular, Sunshine Heart, and Telus Medical, and others. Uh, where, how else can folks engage with your community? What's the best way for them to get involved? And what what, what events do you have coming up that you're that you wanted to highlight? Yeah, well, we've got um, you know this one's fun, and and for people that are interested on you know the seventeenth, which is you know less than two weeks ago away, we're doing our first ale e-chats. Um, you know, if you don't know, the Twin Cities right now is, you know, kind of one of the national hotspots for craft breweries. Um, so, you know, we've got a bunch of, you know, breweries that have started here in the last few years, a lot of national recognition. Um, and so, you know, one of our local breweries is partnering with us to, you know, have one of our what is usually alley chats, which is a big networking event. Um, and, you know, I got to tell you, it's, it's been great. You know, senior leaders in the community have, you know, decided to bring their teams in. And so we'll have hundreds of people and uh, a great contingent of, of really senior level people that will be there on the 17th later that week. Uh, we're having another alley chats, and that will be down at the University of Minnesota focused on the biotech and pharmaceutical community. So we've tried to segment some of these communities a little bit and get them more engaged. And then, of course, uh, we'll be at AdvaMed in San Diego in October making uh, you know, a very big pitch because AdvaMed will be coming to the Twin Cities in 2016. 
so we'll be hosting AdvaMed next year. And then at the beginning of November the 4th and 5th, we've partnered with UVM Cannon to do MedTech Week in Minnesota, uh, which will be a couple of days, several thousand people at a conference that you know, takes the MD&M Minneapolis conference that has been here for more than a decade and combines it with the kind of rich content that we've consistently delivered at our conference and puts them under the same umbrella. Um, so, you know, we're really excited about that partnership and the opportunity to get in front of people. I, I believe we've got Stacey Ensing saying uh, confirmed as a keynote and several other um, fairly luminary folks um, in the medtech world. And so I think those upcoming events will all be really, really exciting opportunities to get good content and make great connections. And people can find out about that on your website, lifesciencela.org, right? You got it. Well, great. A lot of gut, lot of stuff going on. Terrific community. Uh, it's always, it's always fun to check in with you guys. Um, I, I really, I think you guys are doing terrific work there with the community. It's definitely one of the most uh, energized places in med tech that I've seen. So uh, I commend you on the work you're doing and, and uh, keep it up. Well, and we appreciate very much working with you, Brian. I mean, it was great to be out in Boston and share some time. Look forward to seeing you here and on the West Coast. And um, you know, I think we're both in the same space, right? Trying to get people information that they need and tell the real story about what's happening in med tech. And, um, you know, we also appreciate your work very much. So thank you for the invitation and, uh, we'll look forward to keep working with you. Absolutely. You take care and have a great rest of the summer.